You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Hello and welcome to another episode of Watchpoint Radio, Mashless Buttons podcast dedicated to Overwatch and its community. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Ben Guyton, also hey, known as the Dude Abides. It's your boy, not so skinny penis. Yeah, he, he you see how he jumped on that before I even got finished. He was ready to go. I was, uh, dude, I was ready. It came into my head. I was yeah. like, I want, I want to do this. I got yeah. excited. And uh, <laughs> at this point, Kender is nowhere to be found. So. Uh, if we don't hear by him, fear from him in the morning, uh, we might need somebody to help us like pass out posters. Like, have you seen this man? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Find the best uh, memeable picture that we can of Kender. That's the only thing I think he would accept. Yeah. So Kender is a wall, and uh, we hope he's okay. So we'll we'll keep everybody up to date. Let everybody know that he's okay once we find him, unless the police find him first. So then we won't uh, <laughs> we won't hop into that. But Let's not get so grim. <laughs> this is episode number 145, and we are recording on February 5th for release on February 6th. A uh, couple things happened in the past week. I've, actually, I think right after last week's WPR episode, like the day after, there was a PTR update. So there's some stuff to talk about there. PTR update regarding health priority change and the new Paris map. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about um, Reaper stats based off of the latest Omnic meta report. And then we also have a, a community question. Actually, it was a community conversation um, from Secret Pilgrim in the Discord, and we're going to hop into that. But before we do all of that, I'd like to welcome anybody listening for the very first time. Thank you very much for checking out Watchpoint Radio. Uh, we do talk about news and esports and some competitive, but the primary focus of the show is the community and the state of the game. So even when we do talk about those subjects, we primarily, it's, it revolves around the community state of the game. If you enjoy the show, you want to keep up with what's going on, Watchpoint Radio, just follow us on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash watchpointradio. We'd also love to have you join the Discord, which is uh, discord.me slash mash those buttons. And as always, I'd like to thank any returning listeners, uh, whether this is your first re-listen or your 144th re-listen, we thank you guys very much for sticking with us week after week. And uh, no new subscribers this week. We do have a new patron, uh, Mr. Blue Twenty Two. This is actually from two weeks ago. I didn't. I wasn't able to send the list over uh, when uh, Kender uh, last week. I wasn't on the show, and Kender and uh, dude did a great job making sure that the show still got out. So thank you guys for that. Uh, but yeah, Mr. Blue Twenty Two, thank you for being a Patreon or patron. I always have to choose between those two words: is it Patreon or patron? I think it's patron. I think it's patron but i think you're not wrong in calling someone a patreon yeah either way we appreciate it thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) thank you mr Uh, yes and we did get some community feedback uh from nom324 on itunes he says also i don't know what my name is going to show up as so if you're reading this just call me nim 
Okay, so it's Nim. <laughs> I found this podcast by accident. I just went to the search bar and typed in Overwatch, and I actually meant to hit the one beside this one and hit WPR instead. I gave it a listen and was hooked. I love the balance you guys have between witty banter and actual game knowledge. You guys are really responsible for my renewed join in Overwatch. I was tired of the ridiculousness that came with team-based game in a world where everyone was out for themselves trying to be a DPS master like the Overwatch version of Ash Ketchum. When you guys said the only way to fight toxicity is to join a community, I ended up taking that advice and found out that some of my friends actually play Overwatch too. So I play with them a lot, but I've been giving serious thought to joining the Discord. I hear you guys talk about it every episode, so I might as well get in there and see what it's about. This is this is really long, and I could say more about how awesome you guys are, so I'm just gonna go and I'm just going to end it by saying you guys are great and I look forward to every episode and your perspective on things. Also prepare to attack is the way to go if you want to learn more about Overwatch and its characters. Free plug. So thank you very much, Nim. I really do appreciate that. We really appreciate it, I should say. Absolutely. Really, definitely. Yeah. And we're glad we're able to uh, we're able, able to uh, rejuvenate your enjoyness uh, in Overwatch. That's always great to hear. Not a great judge of character. He did say we were witty. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'll, fuck, take, I'll take it where I can get it. <laughs> yeah, I can speak for yourself. I'm witty as fuck. <laughs> I mean, we open the show every week with someone talking about their penis. So, well, you guys <laughs> talk about your penis. I don't. <laughs> so, so thank you once again. Thanks a lot, and we do appreciate it. And definitely, yeah, hop into the Discord, man. I've, I've actually been trying to make it known when I've been playing more, but it's it's weird because I was I was talking actually I think in the pre-show uh, that. Uh, I would I would put that into Discord more when I'm playing more, but most of the time I only start playing when people are like, "Hey, can you hop in?" or "Are you around?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm around. I can I can hop in." That's how I end up getting a lot of my Overwatch time. Because other than that, I'm like, we have other shows that I produce, or uh, you know, I'm working on stuff on the website and the back end. So it's like, yeah, that's that's how it happens. But I, I am gonna I think I'm gonna just start taking time. Like, hey, I'm around. So if you got if anybody wants to play, hit me up. All right. So, but yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, we really do appreciate the feedback and your kind words. So, thank you very much. Um, I'm not sure if we're gonna do it this week in Overwatch this week, but there is something I want to talk about that really pissed me off, and it's a topic that I've talked about for a long time on this show. We've been on for years, and if you go back in the archives, I'm pretty sure you'll find it. Uh, is it the community the managing themselves? No, it's not that one. It's trust the shooter. We're going to talk about trust the shooter again real quick because it really pisses me off, dude. I so this is what happened. We were playing the other night, and this team we were playing. We were playing as a six stack, and uh, shout out to Geosa and his his team, Geosa Refire. I'm trying to think of some of the other people that are there. Geosa Refire. I'm not, like, and the other people. I think I just kind of I really didn't play with before. Actually. Um, Food Mink? Hold on a second. I don't want to fuck up his name. I can tell you this in a second what his actual name is because he is in Discord. This is the sad witty banter. This is the sad witty banter that everybody <laughs> loves. Foomtick. Sorry, I said, I said Food Mink. No, I said, it's Foomtick. He was playing with us and um, a couple of other people that they know. And this team, we're playing on, um, oh God, Oasis university so it's the oasis map that 
you basically start off in the research center and you go to the center of the map and it has a big hole in the middle. That one. So we start playing. We go straight to the point. We and I can hear I hear them moving. I hear the the enemy team moving. I hear them moving fast. And I tell the team, I said, they're underneath us. They're gonna come out from behind us. So everybody come back from the back and come to the point. And sure enough, that's exactly what they did. Called it. No problem, right? I see the roadhog coming. I'm like, he sees me. I see him. He's going to hook me. Okay, no problem. I put my bubble up. He throws the hook. My bubble animation was up on my screen as the hook entered my, like, entered my, uh, my area. And he still got the hook. And check this out. When he pulls me, the enemy team shoots at me. It charges my beam. So the bubble was up. The bubble was fucking up. Because when the, after he pulled me and the enemy team shot me, it still charged my beam. But, I mean, I can only take so much damage, right? Like, they just, like, I was pulled into the middle of their group. After the bubble popped, I got absolutely wiped out. There was nothing the healers could do. And I'm just kind of like, yo, that is horse shit. That is, like, some trust the shooter shit. It had, that's the only explanation. It had to be trust the shooter. Even in the replay, it showed my bubble up when I got hooked. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense because you can't like you can't pop the bubble bubble after you get hooked. So the only way that bubble comes up is if you've been hit before the hook. Yeah, that doesn't. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's. Is do you no. think maybe it might have been latency? Well, that's the trust the shooter. Yeah, issue. yeah, yeah. That, the trust the shooter. Like oh, it, 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 it would have leaned on the side of the roadhog because technically speaking, he's the shooter. He's doing the offensive action. I'm doing the defensive action fucking hate trust the shooter for for that exact reason i shouldn't have been hooked now we didn't we i think did we we lost the first fight they got to 99 percent. we flipped over the map well we, we flipped over the point and then we kept it for 100 percent. Oh, nice. and then the second the second game we absolutely wrecked them there was nothing they could do about it i actually got a six-man uh a six-man uh, grab on them. Nice. So we wiped them the fuck out. Um, but yeah, I was like just super pissed because it was textbook, right? Heard them. Knew they're underneath us. Knew exactly what they're do. They're going to come from behind and try to push. Oh, there's Roadhog. He's going to hook me. Waiting for the animation. Waiting for him to get into position. He did. I bubble. He hooks. Goes through the bubble. Yeah, that's nuts. That's, um, that's frustrating. Yeah, if I would have bubbled early... Like if I wouldn't have waited for his animation, if I would have just bubbled early, I it probably wouldn't have it probably wouldn't have counted, right? But probably because I did the bubble as his animation was coming, it was too close. That's probably why I got hooked. Yeah, you know. So no, I was I was pretty I was pretty pissed about that, and that's my rant on trust the shooter for this week. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to add anything for your week in Overwatch? Um, I had a fun week in Overwatch when I was actually able to play Overwatch. Um. We did a little bit of six stacking, a little hodgepodge of the current B squad that we're trying to put together between uh, you, myself, Kinder, um, and then a bunch of other people. I believe we have uh, Lead in there, uh, Laura Croft's in there, Fozzie's in there. Got quite a few people in there. Um, we got to get quite a few games in, and we steamrolled every single team until we went up against five DPS and one healer. 
for some reason we couldn't wrap our heads around how to deal with that um so that was frustrating but other than that i mean it was a fun night of games um i'm pretty sure yeah i'm pretty sure that's like the only game we lost it is it's the only game we lost it was uh it was getting late anyway yeah i I think no one actually cared about wanting to figure out how to beat it so we all just kind of like ah whatever (laughs) we'll take the l right yeah right yeah it was getting pretty late so it was definitely like it was bender and dude a uh, kinder and dude's bedtime even laura's been trying to get to sleep a little earlier yeah, yeah i i typically try not to be playing that late and i only stayed on because like i think thrill was like we just need to get one more game and i was like all right fine i can do one more and i regretted it it was that it was that yeah. game <laughs> every time that happens like when someone convinced me to play one more it's always an l so i just it's need to learn my lesson and be like no, no no i need to go to bed like that's it i'm done <laughs> So I know my limits, damn it. Yeah. (laughs) But other than that, yeah, Overwatch was fun. Um, It's always fun to play with a six stack compared to like solo or even duo queuing. um, When you can trust the person next to you or behind you or in front of you to do their job. Um, Overwatch still shines in that capacity. Um, When you have coordinated teams, the games are fun. They they just are. Yeah. Outside of that, I got to cast a couple more games in the Watchers uh, Brawl. I cast the semifinals match last week. Um, So that was a lot of fun. Um, I'll be casting their new tournament uh, that just started last week. I'll be casting tomorrow night. Um, So it's been a lot of fun doing that. So getting to see some really good gameplay. Nice. No Bob on Orisa in this tournament, unfortunately. With the (laughs) Supreme Shield placements. Yeah, I think all evidence points to them really needing to focus on organized teams or six stack teams to push competitive forward, the competitive mode. Like, okay, fine, leave the solo queue uh, or the, the just the, the the quick queue for competitive. If people really want to get into it, they can fuck around with their SR. Fine, just leave that in place, right? But I really do think they should have a queue for a six stack teams only yeah it's just overwatch is made to be a team game and when you don't enforce that kind of a behavior the game turns into the toxic mess that has become over the past two and a half years like when people cry dead game and all that shit like i don't think any it's anywhere close to a dead game but a lot of people have lost the game because they I, i see it online all the time they're just tired of the toxic community and the toxic um things that playing this game will bring out in people. Right. Um, so for instance, I was playing, what was I playing on one of my alts the other night? Um, and I was just playing a, a solo queue, which I never do, but it was my lowest account. So I didn't really care. And this guy goes hog and we're on um, Junker town. So I'm playing Ryan and we have a hog and the, they switched to Reaper to counter the hog. And I'm like, hey, man, we need to switch off hog. You're just an alt battery. And he goes, well, that's why I have gold damage. I was like, well, that doesn't really matter. Um, He (laughs) will not die as long as he goes anywhere near you and just shoots you a couple times. He will not die. And he goes, still have gold damage, not changing. And, you know, that kind of behavior is why Overwatch has gotten the stigma that it has today. Because you have people that, like, are... I paid money for my game. I'm going to play it however I want to play it. That's stupid mentality. When it's this game is not designed for that kind of mentality. It's designed for teamwork and working with your team. 
but no one wants to work with their team. You know, so right. it's very counterintuitive until you actually play with the team and people you want to play with. And then it's be then it's more fun, you know? Yeah. I think if they just like put it into the game, it will encourage people to play together more. Mm-hmm. Right. Like not just like going as a sure going as a six stack, but if they had some type of like roster system or something like that that they could put together, and then when anybody like when your roster plays together, you know You have an SR for that roster. You have an SR yeah. for your roster, you know? That's the thing. Like I think that would be that would be pretty fucking cool, right? I think as we said, like the more they can do to limit accessibility to comp, the better it would be. Yes. Just, it, it it, it's would. not even arguable at this point. I really don't know what the argument is against it because in my opinion, they all fall flat. You know? Yeah. So I think it would be like, and this is me, maybe it's just an old way of thinking, but it would be cool if they had different tiers of comp with the six X system, right? So back when, back in my day, back when we used to play Cal, right? Uh, you know, we used to have Cal open, you would have Cal main, you'd have Cal invite, right? And this would actually make seasons count for something, right? So basically the first season, everybody plays in the, whatever they're going to call the lowest division or the open division or whatever, right? After you, after that season finishes, right? The top, however many teams in that season, or maybe even break it off into playoffs or something like that after the fact, but I don't know, maybe that'd be, it might be too much for them to do. We'll see. But like, you know, you, they, at the top so many teams, right? Move them into the next division. So now you have Maine and then after, and then, you know, after you do the next season and then teams for the top teams from Maine, maybe go into the top, you know, in, into the next whatever i'm just gonna call it anybody has what they call it in cal they go into the next you know tier or realm but at the same time maine is being backfilled by other teams who made it through the open division right you know what i'm saying like that would that would actually make seasons count for something because you want to play your hardest throughout the season because the switch happens you know between seasons like if you are like just straight trashing people and open, you got to do that for the whole season, right? Then in Maine, if you're getting your ass kicked, that's for a whole season. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you got to get your shit together during the season. That, and you I know? really like the idea that uh, I can't remember who came up with it, but it was a couple of weeks ago. The whole Trials of Jeff forum that we talked about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really like that format. Um, I think yeah. it could be pretty successful in Overwatch because, again, it reinforces the team play dynamic of this game, which is where this game shines. Overwatch is a phenomenal game when played as designed. Exactly. When you play it with six random strangers who have never met each other and all hate each other, it dissolves into what it is now, and it's quick play plus. You know, it's not competitive in the least bit. It's just exactly frustrating. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, you're right. Like, it's the Overwatch is not a bad game at all, and that's why we've been recommending to everybody. Just play, like, get involved in the community, even if it's not ours. Like, get involved with the community, get involved with the six stack, play with the same people. You know, put up, put a team together. And I've been seeing more and more people doing that. More and more people who listen to the show who I've who I've talked to, which is actually is, is a, just a fraction of the of the people who listen, but still, like who I interact with on a regular basis and that come into the Discord. You know, I see them forming teams and you know, uh, looking to to organize scrims and stuff like that. And that is where the game shines, like you said. Mm-hmm. 
So but let's go ahead and move into our topics. First topic is this PTR update. And the first thing I want to talk about is the uh, the health priority now has changed, right? So I'm just going to read the update. It says non-recoverable health shields and armor are now consumed before recoverable health shields and armor. So here's the previous priority. This is how your health would uh, get knocked down or chipped away. Non-recoverable shields, recoverable shields. Non-recoverable armor, recoverable armor. Non-recoverable health, recoverable health. <laughs> okay, here's the new order. Non-recoverable shields, non-recoverable armor, non-recoverable health. Recoverable shields, recoverable armor, and recoverable health. Now, the developers are saying, in Overwatch, a health type order determines the prioritization of subtracting health shields and armor when a hero takes damage. For example, if a hero has a recoverable shield and takes damage, the damage taken will diminish the recoverable shields before recoverable health. Previously, it was possible for heroes recoverable shields to be prioritized for damage and regenerate, allowing their non-recoverable armor to persist. With the older adjustment, heroes who have been granted non-recoverable armor or, or shields will now consume those resources before recoverable health, armor, or shields. So this, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with this. I'm, I'm cool with this. I'm, I think I'm, it's great. I think I think it's 100 percent fine. It should really have been cool this way it. from the beginning, in my opinion. Yes, it should have. But yeah. I'm pretty so sure their men, their mentality with this game has always been: Does it feel fun? Does it feel good for right. that person? Right. You know, does it feel good? Not does it feel fair? Right. Um, I think this might help bring down the TTK a bit. You know, the time to kill you know, a bit because like, you know, if you were wailing on somebody's shields and you didn't wail on it enough, they'll just get those shields back. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the deal. So you will not hear me bad mouth this at all. It does. However, really cool. on the other side of the token reward teams in the negative aspect of focus fire, isn't as important anymore um, because those shields aren't going to come back. Right. I disagree. I think focus fire is always important. The fact you, well, you, it's, it's always important. It's always important. But now you can get away with not doing it a little bit more because they're not going to recover those shields if you don't wear them all the way down. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. The thing is, like the uh, this game still has a high TTK. Don't get me wrong. This is just going to help tweak it a bit. Uh, this game still has a high TTK. Um, and TTK, if you have never heard it before, just means time to kill. Right. Um, that being the case, I still think focus fire is still really important, you know, because some of these people have super high health pools. Like, you right. know, Hammond can still, like, he can still get, is it 1100 health? 11. If he doesn't, he has 1100 health. You know, that's a lot. That's a lot, you know? No, and the other um, reason I say it is, like I said, because used to be, so this is why Tracer has been very ineffective for a long while. Um, if she can't burst down someone's shields in one clip, then she basically did zero damage because by the time she gets back to engage, the shields have recharged. Right. Um, so the only way to help eliminate that shield barrier is to focus them down quickly before they recharge. Now that won't happen. So if she whittles down the health or the armor first, whichever one it may be, 
she can come back and re-engage and it's still going to be there. It's not necessarily recovering. Right. No, this yeah. is definitely a boon for DPS. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, maybe it's huge you, for all DPS. Yeah. Maybe your DPS could do a goddamn job now. Like, oh, fucking time. <laughs> I'm creating space, motherfuckers. Yeah. Shooting <laughs> shit. Did CB brings up a good point? It says moving non-recoverable health higher up the order also future-proofs the game for yes. an up-and-coming healer that uses a mechanic like overhealing. It does. So that's cool. Uh, you know, yeah, that, that, I, I agree that 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 definitely does help with that because it would be OP if it didn't. You know, so. But uh, yeah, no problems with that. I think it's a good change. Um, good job. Let's move on to the bad part. No, I'm joking. Let's not Yay, good job, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> no, there is no real bad part here. Um, we did get the new map, Paris, in the uh, in the PTR. And actually, me and dude just played it today. I, I just haven't had time to hop onto the PTR and, and give it a look. And it's weird because what I was hearing about the map, when I actually played it, that it, it, I... I, it really didn't translate. Like somebody told, I, I was in a Discord and somebody was like, "Yeah, they're like, yeah, the beginning is like Horizon Lunar Colony, and the end is like Hanamura." And I'm like, "Okay." And then when I got into the game, I'm like, eh, "Not so much." Um, I don't know, man. I really feel like I'm trying to think if they have a flatter map than this. Um. I don't think there's one. This is definitely the flattest map in the game, in my opinion. The closest thing I can think is Lijiang. I was just going to say Lijiang. Yeah. yeah Lijiang Tower is the closest. Is because the there's closest no high one. ground, but there is like environmental. Like yeah. yeah, it's like there's a little bit of like a little bit of higher ground, but it's not like dominating higher ground like yeah. Horizon Lunar. Because Colony. there's so much cover on the point. So the high ground doesn't actually give you much of an advantage depending on where the fight right. takes place. Yeah. That. I've, I don't remember any other maps in Overwatch with less high ground. Right, yeah, like it's it's a it's a pretty flat map. I think the attackers really have an advantage on it too because oh, we'll get to that. The only disadvantage I think the attackers have, and this is probably going to change. I have a prediction that they're going to change this this in this map because they did the same thing that I involved. From the from this the, on the to get to and this is two CP by the way in case you didn't know Paris is a two CP map. The first point once you leave your spawn as an attacker, there is one choke point that you need to get through to get to the other side. There's one choke point, right? And unlike Eichenwald, right, where the choke point goes underneath a bridge. And you also have a, a second way to get to the. Uh, you have a way to get to the um, to the to the right side of the choke point before you hit the bridge. Unlike that, you actually have to go into the choke point to have your first way out of it, which is left into a store. But that takes you into an enclosed area. So if you go through this choke point and then go left. Sure, it takes you out of the choke point, but if there's a junk rat spamming in there, a junk rat would have a field day mm-hmm. with a, with an entire team inside this little store. Bastion's gonna wreck on that choke, yeah, because it's like such it, a tight choke. And even if you go left or right, you're still within line of sight where you set up that initial defense, no matter what. Um, I, I have a feeling this map is gonna be Bastion Torbarissa. 
on first point defense for a long time, at least in like Golden Below. I think just just from playing it a little bit today, your best bet getting through that choke in the beginning is a Lucio. Yeah, Lucio Ryan. R- Ryan Lucio. Ryan Lucio. Speed, that's how you speed get right through. through to the right side. That way you eliminate that time of getting shields beaten down. Because at that choke point, the defenders have a huge advantage over you. And I think, honestly, I do think they're going to. So once you make it through the choke point, the defenders still have a high ground, right? So you go through the choke point, and there's a pathway that kind of leads you left and around, and then it's straight back to the control point. But all like we, as you're taking the path left and around, the defenders have high ground over you the entire time. Yeah. So the, the defenders do have an advantage in that aspect. But the reason why I think the attackers have a high, an advantage overall is because of how close the spawn is. How close it is to their, uh, how close the spawn is to, uh, how close the, ch- um, sorry, the control point is to their spawn versus the defenders. Dude, when, when you would die as a defender, it felt like it took forever. Yeah, I mean, to, it's way, it feels way there. longer than Hanamira and Voskaya. Yeah, it, it just like, does. Yeah, like it does. Like, it feels, I was trying to think, like, I think Volskaya I, might feel. I think the, the longest. part of it, too, is because outside of Volskaya, I think this might be the farthest away that you spawn from the second capture point as well. Um, I fe- it feels a little bit farther than Volskaya, and Volskaya is definitely the farthest one away. Um, right. Even the, even the second control point, I, th- I don't think, like, every time we attacked, we actually we we did win every time we attacked within one push. Within one, push. we never like meted one, we never meted one more one than one push. Yeah. Once we wiped their team, their team was not able to get back out there yeah. to kill us in enough time. To, it was to, to, to do. It anything. was really far to get from the second uh, respawn point back to the CP. It was not close at all. Like you, and, and it, it was. This is us just learning the map as well. It was kind of odd how you had to go. Because you could walk out to the left or right and then try to re-engage from the middle, but it took quite a lot of walking around to finally get to where you had a sight line. Um, right. And and it's yeah. not like and it's not like the control point is the entire area, right? It's actually you have like so basically the second point is an open area. It's like I don't even know what the architectural name for it is. I'm not that classy, right? So <laughs> I don't know what it's called, but it's like an open area. But it's not the whole we'll call, open we'll call area. It a courtyard. There, there we go. It's a courtyard. So the control point is a smaller part of the whole of the whole courtyard. So even if you come out into the courtyard and step out into the courtyard, you are not on the control point yet. Which I think they did that for Bob. One of the reasons they did it for Bob because I deployed Bob and I just shot him straight to the back of the courtyard, and I realized that he wasn't on the control point. He yeah, wasn't they, they bob proofed it. I think they bob proofed it because they don't ju- want you just throwing Bob out. Like if you if you throw Bob out and you want him to be on the control point for sure, you make him hit this statue that's in the middle of the control point. But other than that, like if you just throw him out and you throw him to any of the edges, he won't actually be um, contesting the point. He won't be yeah, contesting. And I, the I really point. like that because you actually have to make a choice now. Do you throw Bob into the edge of the point where he actually? gets to use his full range of turret or do you throw him at the statue so he is capping but then he cuts off half of his range of sight on his turret you know how are you going to use him is he there to 
contest or is he there to put out damage and zone, right. you know? So I do like that they did that. The minute you said that while we were playing, I was like, oh, that's fucking genius. Um, but that does just add on more time and seconds ticking away that it's farther for you to get onto the point. Dens.tv or Dens TV smarter than all of us. He says it's he thinks it's technically speaking an atrium open space inside a control inside a in, inside a building. Open space enclosed inside of a building. I don't know. That's just too fancy for me. I've never lived in anything like that. <laughs> yeah, they, the new title of this episode is called it's called an atrium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I live in an apartment. Yeah. We don't have fancy features like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you very much balcony, um, for, for helping <laughs> us out there. But um yeah, like it's it really does feel like the defenders are at a disadvantage. Like I think if like you ha- your biggest advantage is that choke. Don't let them through that choke point. Yeah, you have, to, once you have to play pretty far up, I think, in order to actually contest second point. Um, and maybe in doing so, will actually give you enough time to reset because they will have to walk onto the choke instead of already being there. All right. So, and then well, just... Well, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the first point. Oh, I think on the second point, it works the same way. The second point, the choke's a little different because it's it's much bigger. It's not like like it's not like an alleyway, right? Like right, the first right. control point choke is like an alleyway. Like everybody has a tight squeeze in there and you definitely need Lucio. But the second choke, first of all, if you sit in that middle choke, they still have two other ways to get into that. Yeah, that it's building. basically like a trident. You can go yeah. right up the middle or mirror images of the the map on right or left side. And then on top of that, um basically the attacking force has more high ground than the mm-hmm. defenders. Like the defenders have like this one platform they can get to pretty easily, but the attackers have a platform that they can that like they can get to and see most of the atrium. I'm gonna start using that now, see? The most of the atrium. Yeah, I'm bougie now. <laughs> see most of the atrium or see most of the uh the control point. I just, I mean, if you guys disagree, feel free to, you know, write in or come into a Discord. But I do think it is an attacker-friendly map for the most point. Bulk because on the first point, the defender's biggest advantage is that choke. But if you, as a defender, your team starts to collapse, you're going to have a tough time getting back. Like, basically, I, I think what's, what happens is your team will start to collapse, and it would essentially just start to be a trickle. You know, it would just be, it would start to be a trickle because even from where the defenders are coming from, right? If you're a defender and you're coming back from your spawn, you, to get back to point A, you have to go through one of two choke points. And then on top of that, the attackers definitely are going to have high ground and, and see, the, and see, be able to see control point way better. One of the issues I foresee too, about the statue being in the middle of the point is what it's going to do for I'm talking point sorry for that what it's going to do for contestability for a Hammond he has oh, a literal yeah. infinite sit and spin uh mechanic on that point um where on a capture point on CP that's not that big of a deal but on 2 CP I think that might be a problem because if you just keep knocking people off as they are trying to get on I mean the snowball potential on that map is unreal yeah, it's kind of like well, the, the the reason I wasn't too concerned about it is because people have found ways to stop that from happening on Hanamura. I, I think Hanamura is worse 
than this map because it's a smaller space. You and you knock a lot of people off the back. I've knocked tons of people off the back on Amora. Yeah, you know. So, uh, Lou fast. Any lore or clues to a new hero? Gotta be honest, I didn't look. There's a singer. There's a singer. There's an omnic that's singing in the beginning of Attacker Spawn. That's all I really noticed. I didn't like pick it apart. You could play a piano too if you want to. That's great. Thanks. <laughs> I'm excited about that. I'm gonna put some uh, really tight videos together. Show off my piano chops on Winston. Oh yeah, I will say that it is. Well, every map that they come out with feels like their best looking map, except Busan. Like Busan wasn't that impressive to me. I wasn't that impressed with Busan in terms of looks. I like Busan as a as a you know a set of maps or you it's know very well a, designed. I, I like Busan I, as far I, as the design. Yeah. Design is I, I I do like the design of Busan and this map. I do like the way it looks. It's gorgeous. However, yeah, yeah, I'm just not a. I'm just not a fan of how like it's not a vertical map at all, right? And of course, Overwatch has other maps that really aren't vertical, you know. But for this, I, I don't know. I, I just thought going forward, maybe they'd have some more, you know, kind of vertical maps. Maybe finally put a jump pad into a competitive map. You know, what a crazy idea! <laughs> they could have so easily used like very typical french landmarks like the arc de triomphe as a choke and do you know no not know what that is well who's bougie now i mean <laughs> no, i thought I that was a well-known it. thing <laughs> maybe um, i don't know i'm yeah. not big on the french <laughs> okay but um it's it's a very famous uh monument it'd be really awesome for a choke and then in the back end of the of the first point where they do have the, the eiffel tower if they'd have moved that closer instead of a skybox and use that as part of the landscape, that's such easy high ground to put right there. Like put some rafters on the Eiffel Tower like it's under construction or some shit. Right. Like they could have done some really cool stuff to make you feel like you're playing on the Eiffel Tower, which I think would be really fun. Um, and again, that would give what this map is missing, which is high ground. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. Yeah, based there on there is a lot of aerial cover though, um, as we lo- saw a little bit um, for Farah. I think she'll have a field day on that map as long as she can stay out of the really big sight lines that are there, because um, right. there is a lot of aerial cover. I think there's a lot of really cool areas for Hammond to make some really strange flanks. Um, I know that one point where you're like, "Oh, that's you." I was like, "No, no, no, I'm coming in too." Um, or me and the <laughs> other Hammond, we were both swinging around the back of the point. Um, there's some really cool places to get back fast um, with the right characters and have some really interesting positional uh, rotations. Mm. So we'll have yeah. to see. We'll see. We'll see yeah, what I'm, some I'm of the curious. higher tier I'm players just, are doing on it to get some I'm ideas. I'm not looking forward to it in comp simply because of that choke, right? Like it's like it, it was weird because it for um like Eichenwald, I didn't have a huge issue with it before they made the alteration that you can go in from the right side. I didn't have a massive issue with it. But I think that's because the choke point was bigger. With this choke being so small, it only makes sense to cheese it. In a competitive aspect, it, it just makes sense to cheese it. And it, it kind does. of enforces like, I know the meta is not gospel, but it really forces you into... You need to have a Ryan and a Lucio if you ever think you're going to get through this choke. You just kind of do. 
Right. You know, it just kind of drives home that like the maps dictate who you need to play, which I don't mind as a philosophy. Um, but when all the maps are designed with that similar choke approach, it never really gives credence to other play styles. Like, I don't know how a sim teleporter works on this map. Because I don't see if there's enough cheeky angles to pull it off because the choke is so narrow. I just think I don't think so. I don't, I don't either. That's my point. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about it now. I don't think there's anywhere you could put one to sneak past them like you can on Hanamura or Volskaya. Because or those chokes are involved. Yeah. I mean, those chokes are a little more wide. They give a little bit more of a berth. I mean, I love the choke on Volskaya because it's huge and it has that van right in the middle kind of separating it. So you yeah. can kind of have it whichever way you want, you know? Um, so I feel like they do better to kind of blow up that building that's in the way and spread it out and then maybe put some sort of st- uh, statue or something in the middle of it the way they do with most other big spot, big chokes. It's kind of chalk it up so you can use a little bit of natural uh, environment as cover. Right. Yeah, uh, I agree. Just Yeah, I'm not, right now I'm not looking forward to it but we'll see how the community actually deals with it but i do foresee a lot of cheese a lot of cheese i think it could bring back dive just on that map because with that choke if you just dive straight on top of them bye then you don't have to worry about tight choke and you can actually you can actually dive from a couple different angles um because if you have like a diva go over the left side of that uh, like house while Winston jumps over for straight from the point with uh, Tracer and Genji following up. Like, I think you could have a really well-coordinated dive on this kind of t- uh, point. Um, same thing on the second point, because there is so many different points of entry. You can right. kind of have like that multi-pronged dive, um, which is very effective, but it's not all coming from one direction. It's harder right. to deal with. So we'll see, though. We'll see. we'll see. Well, let's move on to our next topic, which is actually an Omnic meta report talking about uh, patch 1.32 Reaper self healing buff. So, you know, every time Reaper gets buffed, there's always a an outcry like he doesn't need it. Actually, I, I still don't think he needed it per se. Um, I could, and then maybe that's just because I'm okay with he- certain heroes not being good in high tiers. Or certain heroes not being effective in low tiers. I, I am okay. <laughs> I am okay with that, uh, especially as the roster gets bigger, you know. Um, but yeah, um, you always hear bloody murder when there's a whenever there's a reaper uh, buff like this. And reaper's buff is that he his self healing went from thirty percent to fifty percent of damage dealt. So he's definitely getting more health back when he shoots a target. Uh, that makes him really good against tanks. And it really feels like the Overwatch team is really trying to dictate the meta because they're trying to kill goats, essentially. Not a fan of that, but that's a conversation for a different day. (laughs) Um, But according to Omnic Meta, um, we've definitely seen an increase in uh, healing done on Reaper, like like healing himself. It looks like... uh, yeah, like um, I think it, in every tier, you're looking at almost thirty percent. Actually, it says right here is thirty percent uh, to fifty percent increase. Or actually, no, sorry, it's on. It's actually more than that. On average, there is it's a sixty-one percent increase 
in damage, uh, sorry, in healing per 10 minutes. Like, for example, in Grandmaster, it went from, let's say, it's kind of in the middle of it, let's say 1,200 healing uh, per 10 minutes to 2,000. And even in bronze, it went from like, let's say 900 to 1,600. You know, those are pretty substantial jumps, yeah. you know? And the better you are with heat with Reaper, you know, the it show basically tier for tier it shows, right? Um, also in terms of stat increases, like every stat has gone up on Reaper. Usually when they do this in certain tiers, you might see certain stats go down maybe, but eliminations are up by as high as 5%. Um, damage done is up by you know, between 5 to 10%, you know, and in the lower tiers, not so much. Like you're still looking like it went from like, I think 1% to 3%, but in Grandmaster, it went from like, uh, yeah, it's up, to, it's up to like 8% at least, you know, uh, final blows is up, you know, like around 5% across the board and death blossom kills are up over, over 10% in every rank. Like it looks like, uh, actually close to 20% in gold, platinum, and even, uh, masters. So, and definitely over 15% in bronze, uh, silver and diamond grandmaster is the only one where it went. It's only about, I want to say like 13, 14%, you know, and that makes sense. Cause in grandmaster, that's going to get shut down a lot better. Right. Yeah. That's what I would expect. So yeah, overall Reaper has been more effective. That was the point to make him, uh, more effective. Uh, in terms of win rates, though, mm, I mean, he... Oh, so actually, this is not even win rates. This is actually usage we're looking at right now. His uh, his pick rate is up 10% across the board. And, uh, yeah, it's to stop goats, essentially, right? That's what they made this buff for. The funny thing is, is it doesn't stop goats. Like, <laughs> at all. It doesn't put a dent in goats. Um, goats is an immovable machine. Um, Reaper doesn't pump out more damage than he did. So like being able to sustain against goats a little longer doesn't matter because goats can out sustain Reaper all day with triple heals. Um, if it's ran properly, well, and that, and that's what I'm referring to. Like goats is only a problem where it is ran properly. You don't see goats being a problem in like plat and gold because no one can run goats effectively. Um, I don't even think Reaper is that effective in the games that I've played at gold. Um, Cause I literally tell someone go Reaper and go Anna, he'll die. Like save your flashbang, save your sleep dart. He'll die. And th- someone calls it out. They use an ability and you, you turn around and delete them. You know, I, I don't think he's, he's still not a good character in this game because of how slow he is and how predictable his movements are. Um, and he has to, he has one play style and that's go in, do damage, run away. And yeah, he can sustain a little bit longer. And if you try to one V one him as a tank, you're going to have a bad time. But if you're working with a team, you shouldn't be one V wanting him as a tank, you know? And that's, so. I think the problem is that it's making a lot of assumptions, right? 
One is like not not only I think the problem in like lower elos with goats is not just that they can't run it effectively. The problem is they don't know what it is, how to run it, and what the concept is behind it. That's what same I idea. normally say. Yeah, it's the same idea as when dive was a thing. They thought dive just meant diving on the point. Yeah, which exactly. Is, yeah, just that, not even close to what that is. But the, the the problem with goats in general is that once you understand the concept of it, it's actually really easy to run. Yeah, goats is really is. easy to run if you understand the con- the concept of it. But like it's when a, you're down, it's a the, death ball with a synergy of a lot of abilities. Yeah, you know. And the the problem is that like in the lower egos is that what you see is people like oh let's go goats and they just think that means three tank three heal, but they don't understand the concept behind it. Like you'll see them go goats, and they're all over or, the map. <laughs> they're all over the map. They split off. They they don't they pick like Anna Mercy, you know, for their healers or whatever. Dude, I can't you know, tell you how many times we'll, uh-huh. I'll say, like, let's go goats. And I see someone pick Mercy. I'm like, no, 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 not Mercy. They're like, no, 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 it works. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Yeah, that's, no, that's no, not, it does not. That, that's not effective in what we're trying to do here. Right, exactly. I, I have an easier time trying to influence, uh, like, randoms to do Slambulance. Yeah. Because it just makes more sense to stick as a group as Slambulance. Right. Um, which, for anyone that doesn't know that, that's four tanks uh moira and lucia which we ran the other night actually we ran horizon colony i threw it out there and after the first push i think laura croft she's like who made that suggestion i was like i did she's like well that worked really well (laughs) 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 yeah like that's that that's part of the problem and i think reaper can totally i've seen i've done it i've picked that apart yeah he can he absolutely can i think another the thing about reaper like why i think one of the reasons you don't see him shining more in the lower tiers is that people just don't know how to play him properly yeah like i get away with murder as reaper in gold and even low plat like just absolutely murder because the, the ultimate counter to reaper is your team paying attention and team communication right it is. yeah that is reaper's greatest ability is crouch <laughs> that's yeah. his best because <laughs> like, that's like ultimately like okay so you you get your platinum goats or your gold goats let's call it that right where every they just pick three tanks three heels and you can just pick them apart because they don't run it properly right they don't they're not together they're not in the group um well but reaper even, thrives on chaos right so the more chaotic of the fight that's going on the better he benefits so if you're running that haphazard goats, like you said, and there happens to be, I don't know, a Zarya just off in her own world, Reaper's going to have a fun time against that because he's right. not going to be able to die and she will very quickly, you know? Yeah. And I still like, maybe this is the 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 problem. The reason I thought it'll be more of a problem in the lower ranks is because if you play Reaper, like if you make it your goal, to just not be seen and to flank. Like, you can't flank like a Genji does. You can't flank like a Tracer does because they have speed on their side, right? Like, Reaper flanking is really about setting up in a position, almost getting your your enemies to walk past you to a degree and then sneaking up behind them. Like, the, the first time they hear you should be when you're taking your first shots, right? And yeah. by the time you're taking your first shots, you should have killed their healer, at least one of them. Kill a healer and then get out of there. Right. So, and obviously he doesn't work on every map. That's fine with me. But if you can crouch your way behind the enemy team, get behind them, and then like you just 
you know, you plug them one from behind, and then like you know, you watch your health, and then you get out of there right when you can. You have to have an escape route. You know, that's the way I think about playing Reaper in lower tiers, and it's effective. It's an effective way to play Reaper in lower tiers. The higher you get up, it becomes more of a problem because the teams are more aware. Right, the teams like they pay more attention to their healers, or they pay uh, more attention to to like, well, I don't. Well, where's Reaper? He was here. He's around here somewhere. You know, they it's stuff like that. So, it's uh, that's why I think I thought it would definitely have more of an impact. But it did have an imp- It did have an impact to a degree because his win rate is up. I'm looking at here. It says, uh, for example, and Gold Reaper has a nearly a 52% win rate. And uh, he, well, it's a 57% win rate in Grandmaster. Overall, Reaper's win rate has surged 5% on average across all tiers. You know, See, like, so but he I feel is like winning that more. stat right there shows you that the, he's, he's not OP as to what you're hearing. Like, 52% win rate means it's a toss up. So, like, picking Reaper means, oh, we're not really at a huge advantage here. It's a toss up, depending on how we do. So, like, I keep hearing online and especially on like Facebook forums that Reaper is OP and broken right now. He He's not. He's one of the most counterable characters in the game based solely on his movement and predictable predictability. Um, so like, did he need the lifesteal buff? Probably not. Did it help him? Yes. Is he broken? No. No, you know? he's not yeah. broken. I don't think he's even close to being OP. He's effective at close range damage on like a very big target, you know, and that's kind of what he's there to do. So that makes sense. Right. Well, I think part of the problem here is the mixed balance philosophy, right? If they balance this game in a way that told players, you shouldn't be one v wanting people. You shouldn't be going out there alone. You know, but they don't like they give certain, uh, you know, characters definitely abilities that, you know, they can make stupid decisions and then get out of there really fast. Right. Like, I mean, my my biggest example of a really stupid buff was double minds. That's really dumb. Like that was like, oh, that sounds like fun. Popping up into the air and shooting a fair in the face is junk. Right. Yeah, let's do it. Like, and it's still in the game, too. Yes, it's still in the game. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like we again more and more I think we're seeing more competitive or team based balances, which is great. But you get you know, you you end up uh you know getting these balances and then you get a balance that makes no sense. Like I'm sorry, Symmetra did not need that twenty five percent buff on her beam. She didn't. No. She did not. She was like, plenty you, effective uh, without that. I think so. I think you should like instead of people complaining about not being able to get to level three, maybe they should have adjusted their play so that they could get to level three. Like, I mean, I was playing with um, Bond the other night, and uh, he was playing. I'm playing. Um, I played Sim. He played Ryan. I said, "Okay, this is what we're gonna do. You're gonna have your shield up and protect me, and I'm gonna like you know I'm gonna be tagging the other play- the players that are in front of your shield." And if they get close, just swing. We're going to be moving in on them, like, like swing on them. And it just worked so effectively. Like, you know, I was getting a level three like that. Then again, you also have to have decent tracking, too. But that's not Blizzard's problem. Like, these people, their tracking sucks. Let's make it easier for them to get the level three. Like, no, level three or level two, level three should be like a reward for having decent tracking. You know? Yeah, so, like, I, I just think, like, 
And I think we're going to see an oh man, maybe not an end of it, but like we're definitely, I think we're seeing them pull more toward the team based element of balancing, right? And I think we're going to continue to see that. I really hope we do because that kind of takes away player confusion. Like you already know what it's about, you already know that they're going to balance this game for team play versus solo play, you know? Yeah. And, and then that, you won't, I'm not going to say people are going to stop complaining, but you can definitely uh, make more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Make more sense, but like you already know what it's about. Like you already know that you shouldn't be like, but still people to this day are complaining about May and Brig because they can't 1v1 them. Why can't I 1v1 a support? Yeah, yeah. You can't one v one of them, and it's like you shouldn't be wanting one v oneing those characters. They're just they're just good at one v ones, you know. But you know they feel like they should be powerful, and they do balance this game sometimes just to make somebody feel good about what you know, about what they're playing. So I think it would help if they reduce the mixed messages with that. I guess too long. Yeah. didn't read. That's what I mean. They should really, it would help if they reduce the mixed messages with that. Um, but yeah, Reaper is he's, he's decent. I mean, the higher you go up, the harder he's going to be to play. I still see people getting murdered with him just because they literally just like pull him out and they run into a group and they start firing. Like, no, like, you'd be way more effective if you were able to sneak behind them, you know, or at least try to sneak behind them. You know, they may hear you Wraith, not Wraith, but um, Shadow Step. They may hear you, but if they can't see where you Shadow Stepped, that helps. Mm. You know, <laughs> that that definitely helps. So, wow. But yeah, Reaper is definitely in a better place than he was. Is he the ultimate answer? I don't think so. If you're a tank, I really wouldn't 1v1 him. I would, you got to keep track of him. I mean, it's really the only thing you could do, so. But, but let's move on um, to our final topic. Actually, it's not even a topic, right? This is actually just something that came out of Discord. It's community feedback. And this is it's kind of long, actually, <laughs> from Secret Pilgrim. Um, Secret Pilgrim. He's been he's been a long time listener, and he's been away for a bit. So he came back with like you know a huge topic for us. So thanks. came back with a vengeance. Yeah, he came back with a vengeance. <laughs> so. Um, essentially, this is about stats, and it's something you know we've kind of talked about, and we've definitely talked about in the past. Um, but his initial question is that you know uh, it says in one of the recent podcasts, someone mentioned that getting gold in damage, LMs, etc., doesn't mean much when you're getting rolled. I totally agree, but it got me thinking: how can you know if you are doing well if you are if you were going to make changes to the medals play of the game to help recognize actually good play, what would you change and why are there sites out sites or apps out there that can tell a player if they're doing well, even when they are getting rolled or perhaps doing badly, has there ever been talk or consideration by the OW team to put in the ability to see who has which medals at a given time? I realize this could cause serious bashing of players that aren't performing, but it's hard to not want that information when you are trying to figure out who needs to switch. How about session statistics where like an odometer with a trip, trip A, trip B, where you start your statistics off for that night at zero and then accumulate them for that night for analysis of your current gaming session um because as long like there was a reply to that wood tier guru actually did reply back to secret pilgrim i'm not going to read the whole thing because this thing is long enough as it is 
<laughs> um, but essentially, he's going to say what I'm what I'm going to basically what I'm say right now. Like there there were stat programs to help with that, but um, a lot of them required like a uh, a program to actually be installed over your com- on your computer, and basically it, it kind of just like recorded your screen as to what was happening. And the Overwatch team didn't like that, that it had an overlay like that. They weren't fans of that. It recorded your stats, your detailed stats for the game and kind of gave you information. But there are still sites out there like where, where if you have your profile open, you can see how you did, right? You can see your stats and compare your stats to other players. And not all Overwatch players, but at least Overwatch players who are probably also looking at their stats. So it's still, I think, a decent, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's a decent way to measure, right? The problem is you can look at stats all day long, but if you don't know how to interpret them, it won't make a difference. Now, I, am, I, I personally am all for um, putting detailed stats in games. And I think the stats that you have, they have are good information, but you need to see it for everybody. Like you shouldn't just see it for yourself. But also the problem is you have to know how to interpret that, right? So um, I think one of the examples that Woodtier Guru brought up was that if a Reinhardt has a Reinhardt can get really high block damage. But that also could mean that he's standing in a choke with his shield up and letting it get burned down over and over and over and over and over again. And that's how you get high block damage with Reinhardt, you know. So you like the stats alone aren't going to tell you what you need to know. I don't know if they're, if it's possible for Blizzard to give you stats alone that are going to tell you what you need to know. You know, I just don't think it's possible. Uh, but you can use the stats like how much damage have you done? How much uh, health have you um, have have you healed? Um, you know how much have you blocked? You know stuff like that. You can use those stats to get a decent amount of information on how your team is doing, right? Especially you know if you're losing, you know if you're not pushing the payload, you know if you're losing fights, right? Like you, you, you know these things. Like if your team is dying a lot, and you see that your healer isn't pumping out a decent amount of heals, you need to start asking some questions. And it isn't just what are you doing, healer. You need to see is the healer dying a lot. Maybe they need to have that stat up. How many uh, deaths they have, you know, or maybe the healer has more eliminations than they should. You can extrapolate information from those, but it's not. A, it's not. It, it would still require the Overwatch community to be a bit educated on uh, on what those stats actually mean. They they need to know how to play the game, and maybe yeah, that's why. I've, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll ask the question of my teammates all the time. Be like, especially if as if I'm dying a lot as main tank. I'm like, hey, what's gold healing right now? And it'll be after like a full first part of the map, and they'll be like three k. I'm like, all right, so what what's happening? Like, well, you know, I'm like, no, no, no. Are, are you getting killed? Like, well, no. I'm like, all right, so you're playing Anna. You're clearly not hitting shots. You need to switch. Or you're playing Mercy and you're just focusing on Farah. Like, I agree with you. Certain stats aren't going to be able to be interpreted very well by certain people. Um, and I think that's the biggest inherent flaw with the metal system right now. Right. Um, for instance, the Roadhog I played with the other night that I talked about. I have gold damage. Okay. We're getting rolled, but I have gold damage. 
Okay, congrats. Roadhog is a glorified DPS with a huge health pool. You're doing what he should be doing, but no one's dying, so what does it matter? Or you um, have gold damage because our DPS can't... They, <laughs> can't, can't, they can't, can't do anything because right. you're pulling the Reaper into us and we can't create space. Yeah. Because you think hooking Reaper is a good idea for some fucking reason, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, like a lot of people, I, I think stats at the end of the day are better than not having it. Yep. But I also think at the same time, when you get in the lower tiers, people are in low tiers for a reason. They don't understand the game. They don't pay attention to kill feeds. You know, all these basic mechanics of how the game works and what, what, kind, of, what kind of attention you need to pay. They're not focusing on those things. So bringing to light more in tune stats is not going to help those people anyway. Um, that's just my take on it. But I want more stats. I absolutely do. Yeah, I, I'm I'm totally pro stats, right? I think the and you know what? Keep stats out of quick play, right? Keep stats out of quick play. I'm totally yeah. fine with that. You can keep quick play the way it is, so that people uh, don't, you know, they they're not toxic to each other, which is bullshit because they're gonna be toxic to each other anyway. People use metals as it is, you know, they're, they're to be to be toxic. But at least if you can see everything. You can make better decisions. And are some people going to use that as fuel for, you know, for comments and toxicity? Absolutely. But even if somebody says something to toxic, at least it can open up a lane for conversation. If you can see that a healer's heals are bad and you say something like, how about you put some heals out and hey, well, how about you fucking peel for me and I wouldn't yeah. stop dying, you know, and then it goes like, well, how about you getting, you know, some fucking positioning going on? There were several good <laughs> suggestions that happened in that interaction that I just did right so, there. You know? So the same game that I'm referring to with this uh, Roadhog, finally his buddy switches to Zarya um, while we're on attack. So I'm pushing ahead of the payload, as a Reinhardt should be doing, and I keep getting killed, and I look around after I die. I'm like, why is my Zarya not up here with me? And I see after I die, they're all five people just standing on the cart riding it. And this is on my lowest account, so it makes sense. Right, and they're like, right. well, you're up too far. You need to, like, it's pretty easy. You just stand on the cart and hold your shield. I'm like, no, not going to do that. <laughs> That's not how Rhino works. I need to create space. Zarya, you need to come with me. Lucio, you need to come with me. We need to push them back so our DPS can do anything. They're like, well, then how are we going to move the cart? I'm like, I give up. Like, <laughs> if that's the understanding of the game, then we're not going to get anywhere, obviously. Um, and I wish there was more resources dedicated to the lower SR players in game to help people understand it at a higher level. Um, this is a completely different topic for another day, but stats go just in line with that. The, the people that are at silver and even low gold, they don't have a grasp of how this game works. Which is so why they're, gonna, they're in that rank in the first place. It's why they're there. So they're going to cherry pick stats for how they want to view them anyway, which is going they're going to try and do use it to defend themselves no matter what, because right. that's what people do in that area. They're like, well, no, 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 I'm doing fine. My pick's not the problem. But you're playing Roadhog as a main tank. Well, he is a main tank. No, he's not. He's DPS. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And it's kind of the that's that's the ultimate problem, right? Yeah. Even if you provide the stats, and I'm pretty sure this is what the Overwatch team is saying, even if you provide stats, they still don't know how to play. They would, they don't, they, 
the stats wouldn't make a difference in their gameplay. They just use it incorrectly. I mean, anybody can use stats incorrectly. I mean, we do it in politics all the time. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's really about education and, ha- and and teaching those players how to play the game. I can't remember. Like you, so you have the experience. I can't tell you how many times I've told players like what you need to do to get past the situation. And I go, that won't work. You can't do that. I have yeah. um, a friend uh, who she was told that she was the counter to Hammond. No, she's Anna, by the way. Like, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's, that's what she was told that she's the counter to Hammond. Like, no, no. You know, so yeah, that, I mean, the low people who are in lower tiers are in lower tiers because they don't understand the game. They don't understand how to play the game. Um, I think once you get into like diamond, it's probably more about mechanics at that point. You know, because even in platinum, you have people who don't know how to play the game the way they should for being in platinum. At least you would think, right? Man, I've played some games in platinum where someone picked Reinhardt and he literally just held the shield and stood in the choke. And I was like, yo, what are you doing? You need to hold W. Like, well, this is how I play Ryan. And I'm like, I asked him, like, how did you get into plat? (laughs) I don't know. I just placed here when I started the game. I'm like, "I I don't understand how. Who did you play against in order for this to happen? Because people just don't understand, you know, how heroes are actually supposed to work and how to utilize their roles. Right. Actually, that's he's Dens. He says there's no staff for poor positioning. That's 100 percent true. Yeah, he's 100 percent right. Yeah, there's like that's that is literally that's part that's part of the problem with Overwatch, you know. And another one of one of the big issues with this with the team aspect of Overwatch not really being enforced in game is that a lot of people go through this game like their entire Overwatch experience is just them and then maybe some randos that they play with yeah. versus playing with a group of people who you know you may actually be able to engage with somebody and uh, learn some stuff from and learn some stuff you know like if you are playing McCree and you're just sitting there shooting into a Reinhardt shield, you might get somebody that actually tells you, hey man, that's a pretty bad idea. You need to find your way around that. You need to find high ground. You need to find, you know, uh, you need to position yourself better <laughs> to, yeah. to, do, to do damage, you know? Because um, I actually see a lot of that. Actually, I see more soldier. Like, I, when people play McCree in lower tiers, I think they, they they realize that they shouldn't be shooting a Reinhardt shield. But I see tons of soldiers just like holding left click and shooting directly into a Reinhardt shield. Well, it's the, it's the Call of Duty character, you know. They don't think about much other than just shooting other people, because that's what right. Call of Duty is based on. So that's true. Uh, so there's actually more to this to this question here, but I think I'm, we're going to split that off. And it's not even really questions. But he actually, um, what he ends up doing is giving us a bunch of suggestions that you know, or asking about a bunch of suggestions, what we think about it. But I think we're going to go ahead and get close up here because the dude is literally falling asleep on stream right now. Like that is like happening. It was it was pretty close. <laughs> he had his eyes closed on stream, people. I, I call myself <laughs> and then I look because I'm on the delay. I'm like, holy shit, my eyes were definitely closed. <laughs> yeah. So dude is literally going to fall asleep. That's my fault. This is, this is, very, this is so. very late for me. So yeah, I apologize. Yeah. I'm the only like one in the group who really stays up to like two or three o'clock in the morning every day. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I'm up at six o'clock for work every day. So this, this is getting pretty, pretty late for me. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and, and, and start closing up here. Um, and we'll bring back the, the rest of that, that, that community feedback or, you know, uh, next week. Um, 
and actually with Kinder here, there'll probably be a better conversation, you know, with that third uh, opinion. So with that being in the case, um, we are we should have a monthly community episode out soonish. I'll have more information on that next week. But we're still looking for people. We're always looking for people for people who want to do the community episodes. Uh, so if you want to come on for a community episode and have a topic you want to discuss, just you know reach out and let us know. All right. And uh, been talking about the rank roles in Discord. More people are using them. So if you just hop into the Discord, go into the PCLFG channel. Even if you are on a console, you can go in the PCLFG channel, and the instructions on how to use the rank roles are there. And then you can just, you know, buzz that rank when you're looking for people to play with or if you're looking for people to help, you know, or looking for people to help. Like if you're a gold and you don't mind helping some silvers, you know, go for it. All right. Uh, in terms of community events, I believe they have the Xbox game night. Yeah, this past Friday. And the PS and that's the Xbox game night is on the first Friday of every month. And Mel Yeti usually runs that. So thanks a lot for him for, you know, organizing that every month. And they are running a PS4 game night this Friday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And they're looking to hold scrims. So, you know, if they can get enough people in there, they'll do like a pug. Essentially, that's actually a pug where you do a pickup game. Uh, you pick teams and, you know, people, you know, you guys scrim against each other. It's usually a good time. I, I think a lot of people miss out on those uh, because there's no SR involved. But it's actually a pretty good time doing those. So I'd highly recommend it. You want to uh, either, you want to shout out either, um, death squad og in discord for that or you can actually talk to uh thin flood i always Great time call, to get I, practice on other heroes too without losing sr you exactly know? that's what makes no one's it gonna give two chits if you end up losing the game at the end of the day absolutely and uh this is the second watchers tournament i mean like as soon as the first watchers tournament ended they kicked off a second watchers tournament because they, 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 I guess they people were having a good time. They had great success with it. So what I would like to start doing is, um, on a weekly basis, I'd actually like to start, um, you know, telling you the schedules and the the uh, the matches that are coming up, or at least the schedules, because they they stream basically every night. It looks like most of the time it's like nine o'clock. So uh, usually eight up, o'clock. Yeah, usually eight o'clock. Uh huh. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed the first number. Okay, that I think that is. That is why. Okay, there we go. So um, it looks like this weekend there's a match every day. It looks like mm-hmm. that, that's, that's yeah, correct, dude. There's a match every day. Uh, this is, we're recording on the fifth, so there's a match tonight. But starting on the sixth, when this podcast should be out, um, looks like it. Actually, that says nine p.m. Are you casting tomorrow? I am. Yeah. Okay, it says nine p.m. here. Uh, okay, that's the first time they've done a nine o'clock game, I believe. It says. PHX versus Team Safe Haven uh, on uh, yeah on the 6th. Actually, I'm sorry. That was on the 5th. So that was tonight. That was the match tonight. Okay. On, the, uh, on the 6th, it is actually Zoink versus Reckless. On the 7th, it is Pingata Nation versus Alt-3. On the 8th, it is Cardinal Esports versus Bulldogs. All these matches are at 9 p.m. based off of what I'm saying on this schedule. Oh, interesting. All right. And uh, on the ninth, it was Team Ragnar uh, versus RIT D2. And that looks like to be at 10 p.m. Um, on the ninth. And this is the ninth of Saturday. That's what it looks like. I mean, I could be reading this wrong. I think on Saturdays, they usually run two games, Saturdays and Sundays. 
Um, looking at, I'm trying to, let me see if I can blow this up a little bit. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I do believe they're EST. Yeah, on the ninth. Yeah, on the ninth, actually, they're running two. Sorry, on the. Actually, no. On Saturday, there's three games. And on Sunday, there's three games. And then starting next week on the 11th, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday are the only nights that there will be games on. And they're all uh, two games a night. Right. Because they have to fill the brackets anyway. So. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. So once we get more information, all those games are all those games will be played on the Watchers OW Twitch channel. So you might as well just I would just if you want to you know see the matches, just follow that Twitch channel. Yeah, and if you're not and, sure of the address, it's twitch.tv slash the Watchers OW. Right. So I would if you miss the game, um, they do have VODs up pretty much immediately after. So if you did miss it live, you can always catch up on uh the game right afterwards yep so as those tournaments go on we'll probably just keep announcing what games are going to be played within the next week obviously keeping in mind that we do this show every tuesday so but yeah come join me uh tomorrow night at nine o'clock i'll be uh casting tomorrow night's game it's a lot of fun seeing people in chat um i'm still working on getting better every day as every time i get to cast but i've had a lot of fun doing it so it's a fun experience right right Okay, and uh, always talk about prepare to attack. We should see some movement on prepare to attack soon. Um, don't want to give any details right now. I always say that that we're gonna see something on prepare to attack, but um, made some changes, and uh, like I said, we should be seeing some movement on that soonish. So we'll keep the details down for now until we get something set in stone. But prepare to attack is very much alive, and you can check out prepare to attack now on the same platform that you're probably listening to this. And if you don't know, Prepare to Tech is at this time. Prepare to Tech is a is a podcast that we put together that will help you get acquainted with Overwatch characters. Uh, it's usually with uh, Masters, Grandmasters, Top Five Hundreds, and they basically we just go over each Overwatch character and uh, figure out how they work and the best way to play them. All right, uh, we try to live stream every Tuesday starting around nine PM Eastern. We started we started around nine thirty today, and we then we did on top of that we did an, a stream of Paris. So that's one another reason we got started so late. Um, but yeah, we do try to start around nine PM between nine and ten PM usually. But we'd love to have you here. Twitch.tv slash smash those buttons. We would love to hear your Overwatch stories. So you know, send a. Uh, you know, send those over to us. We're going to get into our contact information here in a bit. We do have a PS4 community and an Xbox One club. They're both called Watchpoint Radio Overwatch. And we'd love to have you there, especially if you're going to try to get involved in the game nights. But we'd also love to have you in our Discord, which I said earlier is discord.me slash mash those buttons. Come join the community and talk to us. And I always like to talk about Heroes of Overwatch. as a Facebook Overwatch community. Or if you're on Facebook, uh, you can find players to play with. You can just keep up with Overwatch news or just keep up with the latest memes. So they do all that. I want to thank everybody for listening. Dude, you want to give your uh, social media info? Yeah, um, you guys can catch me on Twitter at the dude abides underscore B. Um, or you can find me in the MASH uh, Discord under, uh, I believe it's podcast hosts, the top section. You can find me in there as well. And you can find me on Twitter at Church of Jaw. Uh, when I do stream, which hasn't been really a lot lately, I do stream on this channel, which is Twitch uh, Twitch.tv slash Mash Those Buttons. So you can find me there. Um, 
and we encourage you guys to reach out to us and contact us with comments and questions. So, you know, you can do that via email, which is WPRMashesButtons.com. You can hit us up on Twitter. You can hit us up on the Discord, you know, whichever way works that, you know, we we do uh, love hearing from you guys and communicating with you guys. So, you know, if you want to talk to us, that's how to do it. If you enjoy the show, you want to share the show with others, um, or if you, if you enjoy the show, you want to help us out, the best way to do that is to share the show with others. Even me, look at that. I'm getting tired now. And uh, also, if you want to, you can rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. That is a tremendous help. If you want to take your support a bit further, we do have a Patreon. Uh, it's at patreon.com slash watchpointradio. And we have a Teespring store, which is at teespring.com slash store slash match those buttons. And we also, you can also become a Twitch subscriber, which I feel bad for the Twitch subscribers right now because we just haven't been putting out that much Twitch content. But I'm kind of, I'm trying to work on things so that I'll be able to free up and do more Twitch content. Hopefully soon, guys. Hopefully. Um, and I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear about our other shows. And with that, we are done. The dude can go to bed soon. Thank you guys very Hooray. much. <laughs> Kinder, shoot up, a, shoot up a flare if you hear this. <laughs> Let us know that you are alive. <laughs> we'll catch you guys later. See ya. Later, guys. Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to subscribe to one of our shows, you can find us on multiple podcast platforms across iOS and Android. Just search for the show on a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and hit subscribe. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast platform of choice, just go right to the MashThoseButtons.com website, grab the RSS feed, and put it into your podcatcher of choice. If you want to check out some other podcasts you may enjoy, you should check out mashosbuttons.com slash shows. For World of Warcraft fans, we have two podcasts, WoW Talk, which is our news and community podcast, and The Torn and the Goblin, which is our lore and story podcast. If you enjoy Overwatch, make sure to check out Watchpoint Radio to keep up with the latest on Overwatch and its community. If you enjoy fighting games, make sure you check out Double Tap for the latest in the FGC. If you're a fan of The Division or looking forward to The Division 2, make sure you check out Sit Rep Radio. If you want to keep up with the latest that mash those buttons, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mtbsite, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, and youtube.com slash mash those buttons. We'd also like to have you join our Discord community. So just go to discord.me slash mash those buttons and join us for a chat. Once again, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.